Good day, everyone, and it is a good day indeed. I tell you what, this is part three. I'm getting to the point where it's a daily show. Oh, but there's so much going on, I can't not do it. The, the world has finally, like, clicked, and we are, like, the fast track to heck yeah. So, not gonna try, I'm trying not to drag this one out today. Um, but we'll see if my ADHD changes those plans and we just get off on a tangent. What are we going to talk about today? Hmm. Well, Canada is falling apart for the good. Uh, conservative leader Aaron O'Toole, or not leader, is gone. His desk is boxed up and he's out of the office. Uh, they've announced an interim leader. All of the stuff that goes around that. Trudeau and his absolute, where is he? Like, where's Waldo at this point? Um, yeah, just everything. The, Canada has somehow become the beacon of freedom. Uh, literally just got off recording a podcast with a, another podcaster from the States. And uh, it's really weird to see people from Kentucky talking to a Canadian and, and speaking with admiration for spirit of freedom and it's just like for the last two years i've been i've been looking at the states thinking hmm should i should i make a break for it and now tables have turned uh persistence pays off perhaps but top of the hour uh let's let's just deal with it head on uh aaron o'toole's gone uh he got cocky about it too he uh Right down to the last hour, he said he wasn't going to give up without a fight. He wasn't going to go anywhere. Da 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 da. You had conservative MPs worried about being removed from caucus for speaking truth to power. Lo and behold, uh, I think the final vote was 73 to 40 something. Uh, a, a landslide in non support. And luckily, he, he bowed out semi gracefully after the. The swung song was sung. And, uh, yeah. Man, has it shaped... I just want to touch on the fact that they're, everyone's kind of using this as, uh, hey, the conservatives are, are falling apart. And I just really want to speak to that, because, like, I understand the idea. Hey, we just kicked out our third leader in three years. That That is indicative of a, a problematic thing. However... It should be noted, there's been three federal elections in those times, so it's not crazy uncommon to remove a leader that failed a federal election. Especially when you consider Aaron O'Toole lost vote share this go-round, um, so he actually did worse than his predecessor in a time where it should have been absolutely easy to, to at least grab some vote share when you've got a liberal government that's just off, off the hinges. Nonetheless, he... Uh, He's gone, and and we're not shaken up. That's that's the the main point. Is this is not a signal of of turbulence within the party? Certainly, there is a division of the progressive side versus the the conservative side. Right now, we're we're living in a time where the conservative values. When we're talking about, it, we're not even talking social conservatism. We're not talking fiscal conservatism. We're talking about preservation of fundamental tenets of our country. Uh, I had the argument today with somebody about Leslin Lewis's perspective on the oil and gas industry versus green energy, and it's it's just like, it would be bloody nice 
to have the ability to bicker about energy. Uh, we're kind of in a constitutional crisis, so it doesn't really it doesn't really jive right now. We can't worry about minor policy when we're we're literally fighting for what it is to be Canadian. So no, we're not in a turbulent time for the Conservative Party. If anything, this ejection of Aaron O'Toole simply signifies we are in an absolute solidification. Uh, there is a, a uniting happening within the Conservative Party to push back, finally. Uh, damn it, O'Toole, if you would have just pushed back, we probably wouldn't have had to kick you out. Uh, unfortunately, when, when you're the leader of the opposition and you literally do not oppose the only person you're supposed to oppose. And I don't mean to be contrarian, that is quite literally how our system is set up. The opposition serves as checks and balances. We don't have the Senate and the House of Representatives the same as the states do. Uh, your opposition party is literally there to keep the liberal train or the conservative train, whatever, whoever's in power, it's there to keep them from going off the absolute rails. And Aaron O'Toole didn't do it. Not only didn't he do it, he guardrailed people that would. Uh, you take Pierre Polyev and you take him from uh, economic and you put him into housing. Uh, it's You take him from a front row seat and you throw him on second line. Uh, sure, he's still a, a damn good dog back in second row, but that guy deserves to be front row center because he's actually doing his job. He's pushing back. He's doing what he's supposed to. Uh, and O'Toole just... <laughs> You don't do your job for the sound bites, but if if you're not doing your job so much that you literally can't get one, you're just not you're not doing your job. And I think it's a stark lesson he had to learn the hard way. Uh, from the inside baseball I've I've been hearing from within conservative aides, I'm hearing the last hours were damn desperate. He was calling MPs and and leaving voicemails, promising to change and to refocus and to listen. And it's just like, take the L. Like, I'm the type of person, I, I can get along with people that disagree with my values. But it's like, be true to yourself. Like, cool, if you're milk toast, be milk toast. Don't sit there as this soggy, wet piece of toast and then act like you're, like, pancakes and waffles. You're just not what you're not. Own it. That's cool. But the, the, the cowardice in ca like crawling around and trying to drum up support, take the L, put your party above your person, and, and understand this is more than just about your job, more than just about your perspective on where you think this should go. This is about the party as a whole, which represents a facet of this country that is so structurally necessary that you don't get to take it this easy. It's, it's so key... So yeah, am I happy he's gone? I guess you could say so. Uh, if, if I'm not adamant enough, uh, man, I need to get into it. But uh, no, so, and I was actually, I called it. I, I didn't put it out there, but I called it. Candace Bergen has been announced interim leader. Awesome pick. I think from a tactical standpoint, she was already deputy leader. So she's up to speed on all the functions and all of the inside baseball. She's also a heck of a, a, a good dog to have in the fight. She has not been quiet. She's been outspoken. She's a good representative. She's got core values that we can all kind of get around. I think she's a great pick for the interim leader. It also indicates very clearly which direction 
the conservatives are heading. Uh, we all we all see the writing. We all know the climate is getting very very popular for a conservative push now. And it doesn't look to be like CPC HQ is going to drop the ball on this. Uh, this does mean federally uh, we have to reassess the vote split um, because now there's a very good chance the conservatives rebase and, and get back to a point where I would hope that Maxime Bernier uh, offers out a coalition or cooperation. Uh, granted, uh, we have to see who the leader ends up being. But we're getting to a point where it may be a vote split to vote PPC instead of going with a, a good dog in the fight with the conservatives. I think if they get Leslin Lewis or they get uh, Pierre Polyev in, in both, both have said they don't want it. I don't necessarily think both are sincere. But I think if you get a good dog in the fight, I think PPC, not only should they kind of bow out a little bit, um, but at minimum, they should offer a coalition support. Um, I think, given the right makeup of the next federal election, which could be a lot sooner than people realize, it would be bad to have PPC run against a solid conservative. But speaking of, of who might run, uh, I've heard rumors of Sheer, although I've heard from a couple insiders, he's quite content in what he's doing now out on the East Coast, kind of just living his life. Uh, from what I've heard, he doesn't have a lot of interest in coming back. Uh, it does seem, if, if you follow some of the, the leading politicians, my, my bet is Pierre's coming around. I know he said Tuesday that he was not looking to. I think that might have been more just not trying to peacock as O'Toole falls, uh, just to, to not spark outrage or any last freakouts, um, I think it might have just been a safe play. I, I hope he runs. I hope he's not sincere when he says no. Um, but I, I think, based on what I know, I think Polyev is, is your man. I think the populace wants him. He is certainly uh, a populist leader. I think you might have trouble if you're center-left getting on board with him. So that might be one issue. But I don't think center-left is as popular right now as center-right. So, conservative with a strong lead has definitely got a real good shot here. I think if he doesn't run, Leslin Lewis is probably another high up, although there's been some say, people saying that there's some health issues around her husband and she doesn't really want to put any stress on that by running. Uh, I think, realistically, Lewis would make a great leader. I would love to see Lewis as a, a prime minister. Uh, very, very intelligent, smart. Uh, conservative, morally amazing, uh, probably one of the only outspoken pro-life conservatives left. Um, but nonetheless, I don't see her as needing to run yet. I think I think we will see a day where Leslie Lewis is the Prime Minister. Uh, and I hope I can go back to this episode and be like, I called it. But I, she's in no rush. There's no need to rush it. And I think she understands too that Polyev probably is a better fit today just given the fact he's he's a veteran. So I think she would happily let Polyev take point. I think if he wasn't in it, I think she'd take it. Uh, if neither of them run, I don't know what happens. Uh, maybe Candace Bergen runs, and she'd be a good good hit. I don't think you see Sloan coming back. I don't, I don't think he'd be welcome back, quite honestly. But he has shown that he's quite a bit of an opportunist, 
Uh, which is a shame, because his values are something that I can respect, but he has done some questionable moves as of the last election that just make me shake my head. Uh, he had his wife run in one riding, he had his, I believe it was his father run in another, if not his father-in-law. They just literally threw spaghetti at a wall to see what stuck, and nothing stuck. So he, and then he had a whole thing where he was going to start his own party, that didn't happen. He... I don't see Sloan running. Uh, I respect his values. He's really done himself a disservice in how he's handled himself in the last little bit. I don't see Conservative Party letting him back in the running. Uh, outside of that circle, I I don't see Sheer coming back. From what I understand, he's probably not. Uh, I don't know. I think maybe you could see Patrick Brown possibly come out of Brampton. Uh, he might poke his head up again. He's been showing a little opposition. Uh, I know Jordan Peterson, I think, and again, I will put this out there. I fully expect in the next week, two, maybe a month, you're going to see a Jordan Peterson interview with uh, Pierre Polyev. I think they've been sitting on doing that. Uh, they've been definitely been hinting. Uh, when If you listen to Jordan Peterson, he's talked often about him. He's got an insider inside the establishment. And as of his one of his last episodes, he actually spoke about how he asked this person why they wouldn't leave, and the, the answer was they felt they could make more impact from within than without. And I understand that's a hubris problem. Uh, many, polit many good politicians have gone down that road and failed. Um, but if it does seem to be true, uh, I think Polyev might have a fair shot at it. And I believe, based on what I've seen, I, th I think Jordan's talking Polyev. Uh, and we will see. Uh, if I'm right or wrong, I will come back to this and, and point right to it. Truckers, let's move on. Moving on. O'Toole's out. Bergen is in for the, the interim. And we've got a race coming up soon. So I, thankfully, I still hold membership. I will get to vote in that. Uh, so we will definitely be watching that closely. But it, it is awesome to see somebody strong and, and forceful picking up those reins immediately. Uh, no lag time. So, moving to the truckers. It has been a glorious, glorious week. Uh, I have been very, very anxiously watching Cootie in Alberta, uh, that border crossing. Uh, I said it before, and I will say it again, that had every potential to turn into a Canadian version of Ruby Ridge. Uh, it is not often when you pick a hard line with the government like that that it de-escalates without violence. Thank God... There were the winds of change are in the air, and it looks like not only were they able to successfully de-escalate that, those beautiful men out there, those beautiful men, women, kids, everyone is out there in support, uh, and that's that is how we get this back, folks. I don't mean occupation because I tell you what, that is a dangerous gamble, and nine times out of ten, you're not going to win that gamble. These guys seem to have struck it lucky. Uh, all the respect to them, I think it was largely due to the fact they were so articulate, so polite, and so peaceful. Uh, the, we're seeing it right now is is people have to go far out of their way to make it peaceful. Uh, it is the key to doing any of this, because the minute anything goes sideways, it's going to go really sideways. And I think these boys, I think they knew it more than anyone. So, good on them for keeping their composure, because I tell you what, the, the, the rednecks I grew up with probably wouldn't have done as good as them. Um, 
But man, uh, earlier today, they opened up a single lane in each direction as a show of good faith to the negotiating teams. Um, and the understanding was that if they acted in good faith, the the plan was that the MLAs, the, the members of Legislative Assembly of Alberta, uh, same as our MPPs in Ontario, they would basically vote to overrule Kenny and, and wipe out the restrictions. Um, and that was basically the understanding as of 10 o'clock, I believe, tonight. Uh, then news broke that Kenny apparently is asking them to hold off on that vote as he has a pending announcement. Uh, it would seem that after seeing what happened to O'Toole, Kenny is now in cover-your-ass mode. Uh, he's looking to kind of get ahead of this before he becomes a victim to it. So I believe sometime tomorrow or the day after, Kenny is going to announce an imminent dismissal of these restrictions. Uh, as of literally an hour before I recorded this, uh, Scott Moe in Saskatchewan, who, bless this guy's heart, he has been, for these truckers, from day one, this guy has, I mean, as Doug Ford would call it, he risked political suicide to go against the mainstream narrative, and this guy's been for the truckers all the way. Uh, he's, he's literally been more pushback than Aaron O'Toole was. Scott Moe put out a video describing how they will be now moving to accept that COVID is not going anywhere. They need to learn to live with it, and they need to allow their citizens to make their own risk assessments for their own lives, and the government has no part in that. Uh, he says all restrictions will be lifted very shortly. Uh, it, it seems to be they're going to be scaling back in the next couple weeks, and that's it. Uh, period. He's They're giving up power, and they're done. So... Again, everyone's... Scott might not, but but these people... Uh, Kenny, for sure, is going to announce... Whenever he announces, he's going to make it seem like it was not the protests. It was not the rolling highway shutdowns. It was not overtaking an international border and stopping all commerce. Uh, and you know what? Let him have it. Let him have his stupid political win. Um, but we know the truth. We know that this would not be happening... If it weren't for the, the brave hearts and souls of Canadian truckers and rural Canadians that finally said enough, uh, we're done being pushed around, we're done being dictated to, if you want to take precaution, you do you. But you're done telling me what I gotta do to keep my job, you're done telling me when and when I can't go to church, or if I can take my kid to soccer or hockey, uh, it's done. Two and a half years, we're done. The frustration is boiling over, and if people don't start listening, it's going to, to boil to the point where somebody gets scalded, and, and nobody wants to get to the point where there's injury or, or hostility. So the tides are drastically changing. I know, I know Bonnie Henry out in BC, I believe I got that right. Forgive me if I, I misallocate which health ministers which, but BC has already started the language to allow them to walk it back. Uh, I think BC will be one of the tougher ones to, to get rid of. They're, they're a bit of a liberal stronghold, it seems. Uh, as well, Quebec has scrapped the vax tax. Uh, Francois Legault has said we're not going to put the vaccine healthcare contribution, whatever you wanted to call it, the vaccine tax, we're not putting it through legislator. It's not going, it's not going through. So I think, I think even he's getting worried about how many Quebec flags he's seeing in Ottawa. The question I have is, where the hell is Doug Ford? 
where is Ontario's Pillsbury Doughboy? I, uh, he came out against the truckers, uh, what was it, yesterday, says, I understand, but you can't do this, you can't shut down Ottawa businesses, you, you can't lock these people out of there. Nobody's shutting Ottawa businesses down. If you don't feel safe going down the street, because there's trucks parked on it, well, that's a you problem. Uh, nobody's, nobody, in fact, quite the opposite, these truckers are encouraging people to open their business. Uh, some businesses reporting um, amazing amounts of sales because you've got truckers willing to support it. You've got a, a huge influx of people. Uh, granted, there are some businesses that seem to be impacted. You've got like hair salons. Truckers, not a big demand for hair salons. And certainly this is affecting your, your flow of traffic. So don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not dismissing the fact there are people being a little put out. But people have to realize you've been putting these people out for years. So it's, it's just your turn to carry that burden for a little bit longer so we can all be done with it. Uh, it. It was easy to ignore when you had no idea that Carl the trucker was going to lose his job. It was no problem when you saw Nancy the nurse on TV at a protest and you were like, whatever, you shouldn't protest at a hospital. Uh, you deserve to lose your job. It's very easy for people to remove themselves from the compassion of it when it doesn't impact them, and how quick the tables turn when all of a sudden, okay, it hurts at home. It's like, okay, now you understand, but you need to contextualize that and understand this is why they're here. For the exact same reason. You're just mad because it's happening to you this time. So, these trucks... <laughs> we're going into the weekend, and again, like I have now recorded three parts to this in the course of about a week. I've done two guest appearances on some American podcasts, and I've got COVID this week. So it has been a full week, and we're heading into the weekend where Ottawa is definitely going to get a second wave, uh, and it looks like Toronto is about to get hammered as well. Um, the best they can hope for is this snowstorm that's about to hit everyone. Kind of puts a damper on it. But uh, RCMP and OPP are now warning that Queen's Park could be the, the target of the next convoy. I use target quite loosely. It's it's democracy in action. But uh, it seems that in their attempt to warn and prepare, they've actually kind of started it. So it looks like Toronto is going to get hit, which is good, because Doug has been dead silent on all of this, which is super depressing. It's, it's not cool to see the premier of the, the economic hub of Canada, basically the, the populous hub of Canada, and home to the capital. Uh, yes, Justin Trudeau has federal authority, and Ottawa is where the federal parliament is. That's still Ju Doug Ford's domain. That's still his province. Um, his health orders mandate over this province. Um, and trust me, the truckers aren't just coming for the, for the federal mandate. So for Doug to be so abjectly quiet, not speaking out, uh, in fact, when he has spoken out, he's he's kind of shamed them. Uh, he, he speaks on all of the truckers that are doing the right thing. And I sympathize, but time is up. You need to stop. Um, so I, I think you're going to see him start to, to gain the ire of some of these people. Especially as you see places like Alberta and Saskatchewan go, okay, we heard you. Uh, you're right. We, we do have to kind of balance this. Uh as those dominoes fall, that just simply puts more and more pressure on Dougie. 
um, and Justin, who's been absolutely missing. But Doug, Doug to me is is important. It, it hits close close to home because Doug is the reason I can't take my kid to hockey. Uh, Doug's the reason I, I literally could not sign my oldest son up for hockey because despite my son being under the age of the mandate, uh, who's I can't tie his skates. I can't send him in through the parking lot with skate guards. Doug Ford took my kid's first year of hockey away from me. Uh, and as a Canadian and as, as a country boy, that hurts me to my core. Uh, it, again, it's, it's not even about my kid's status because certainly uh, we've all got COVID now. We've all got natural immunity, so medically, I'm not concerned. My kids, my whole family, we're all fine. We're we have natural immunity. We no longer have to worry about becoming the fringe, small percentage of horrible cases. I understand they happen; they're tragic. We we don't have to worry about those odds. So now I have no need to concern myself with risking anything. I never had the need to concern myself with it. Um, but my kid didn't need it. And then for me to not be able to enter, despite the fact I monitor twice a week, every week, and apparently I'm still going to be monitoring after I've had COVID, um, which is insane, uh, given that it's completely contrary to the mandate uh, from Health Canada. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, I, I have a personal horse in this race, and I want to see... We actually just went to sign my, my oldest up for camp this summer. Uh, my wife is like, oh, early registration's open. Oh, wait, this camp has a vaccine mandate. And oh, wait, they're applying it to under 12s. Oh, okay, well, let's email them and see why they're choosing that and if we can talk our way around that. No, we can't. Uh, apparently, this is health. The Ministry of Health for our local municipality is saying these are these are the things. And we, okay, well, we have natural immunity. Uh, we have positive tests we can show you. Uh, he's not at risk and we're not about to put him at risk of myocarditis or whatever. Cause again, now we don't have the whole one side of the risks. So now anything to do is literally one side risk. Um, and again, if you've got natural immunity, we we know from studies, especially with Omicron, Hey, you're good. You're as good as the vaccinated, if not better. And as of right now, there is no new variant that's going to reinfect. Um, based on historical knowledge, we know, 18 to 24 months, we might start seeing second infections. Um, that being said, there are some coronaviruses that are up to 50 years before you get reinfection. We just don't know. Um, but quantifiably, my kid has no risk at all. He's not going to catch it. He's not going to spread it by next summer. Unless the science changes again. But again, we're, we're looking on the barrel. We can't sign him up for camp. Uh, I'm looking at, like, like we, we're done, Doug. I, I'm, I'm in my feelings here. Uh, we're done. We, we played your crap for two years. We played it safe. We let everyone have their, their whole, the world is ending phase. The sky is falling. It's not happening. And we're done. So it's time you get out of your little hidey hole and start talking to the people. And if you're going to be a dictator, own it. Um, as for Justin Trudeau, this guy, Justin Trudeau is effectively now Canada's Trump. And I don't mean that to disparage Trump. I actually think he did okay. Don't think he should run again. He broke some systems that needed broke. Whatever. Uh, like him or hate him, you probably he probably would have been a great president if he didn't have Twitter. But that's kind of the, the patina to it. Um, regardless, the, the reason I compare him to Trump is 
give the man a chance to say something right, he's going to say the wrong thing every time. Uh, you saw that with Justin Trudeau. The last two times, he's as soon as the convoy came, the guy went into hiding. Medical reason or not, whatever, he went into hiding. He's working from home. Okay. Comes out, and he immediately disparages the entire movement as Nazi confederates, um, despite the fact that everyone's denounced these people. Nobody's standing for this. Um, then he comes out and calls them micro anti-microchipper tinfoil hatters. It's like, Christ, guy. These people are still represented by you. You don't like them, you don't have to. But you still represent them. Whether you like it or not, you are their prime minister. And they aren't a fringe minority. That, that is categorically off the table. Uh, they have literally held up a chunk of this country's international border travel. Like, these are not a fringe minority. People are pissed off. And these people are still your people. Um, so, given every chance he can, he comes out and just disparages them. Um, and again, no, I've reached out to a bunch of liberal staffers um, just begging somebody to be a fucking adult in the room. And I, I apologize for, for swearing as, as aggressively as that is, but it's like, we need a damn adult to sit these tampering children down and say, Hey, you guys have to get your shit together because you're ruining the house. You're taking your Sharpies all over the walls. You're flooding the bathroom. You left the windows open. Like, come on. Sit down and understand that you sowing more and more division is literally just making things worse. Uh, you don't have to negotiate with terrorists, but you do have to respect the fact. And again, I'm not saying these truckers are terrorists, but that is his perspective. He has adopted that and, and we're not going to negotiate. These people are, are your citizens and they are here because you have failed them. Um, and the answer to you failing them is not ignoring them and shaming them. You're only making it worse, and you're going to find out this weekend. Um, you've seen the Ottawa police. Now, a lot of people took this the wrong way. Um, Ottawa police chief, let me just say, Ottawa police, they have been amazing. The like This could not have happened with a better police force. Uh, the police have time and time again, came out to, to silence bullshit media narratives uh, when the CBC was reporting on the Cenotaph and, the, and this Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Uh, immediately, this, the Ottawa police Twitter came out and said, no, actually, that didn't happen. When they were asked to vacate the area, they absolutely did. They cleaned it up, and now they're standing guard. Uh, the Ottawa police have absolutely fact-checked. Uh, there was one where a, a reporter, I think it was CTV, but don't quote me. Um, one reporter came out and said, oh, somebody died because an ambulance got stuck in the blockades. Um, for anyone who hasn't seen it, these blockades, the, the trucks are parked, taking up every lane but one. No matter where you go, there is an emergency lane specifically reserved for ambulances, police, fire. Um, Ottawa police came out and absolutely condemned that reporting. They said, no, we've actually checked with ambulance, fire, and police, and no... No tragedies have happened as a result of this. There has been some slow of response time in certain instances, but nothing has resulted from that yet. So, Ottawa police, I believe it was today, if not yesterday, talking about how they're going to deal with this situation. And basically, 
They said, we can't. This is, this is way beyond our scope, and it's not our friggin' problem. And you can't really blame the people. It's not their problem, and no local police force would ever be expected to deal with something like this on this scale. Um, maybe Toronto, but even then, I doubt it. So, they, when asked, like, well, what's your solution? And he basically said, it's beyond the police. Uh, and then when, when pushed, the, the reporter was like, do you mean military? Do you mean politics? And he basically was like, well, you kind of just said it all right there. And he's not wrong. If, if you're talking about dealing with the amount of people this size, yes, the military is absolutely going to be a consideration. Um, does that mean he's calling in the military? No, that's not on him. To, it's not even on Justin Trudeau to call that in. That is a Doug Ford question. Um, but nobody, you want to talk political suicide? Anyone calls in the military on this, it's over. Uh, I, I think there's probably a 50-50 chance any military would just stand down as it is. If they don't, you've already gone too far and you're going to show everyone exactly who you are. Um, but, but what this chief of police was actually saying was, this is a political, he's putting it back at Trudeau's feet. He's like, deal with this properly and stop asking us to carry your friggin' bags for you. Um, again, people took it too far. They thought this guy's calling for martial law, more or less. Um, you've already got the tow truck companies saying they're not towing. Um, people don't understand these tow truck companies are run by truckers. Whether they agree with it or not, whether they're part of the vaccinated that are still working, or they're the vaccinated, unvaccinated, whatever, these towing companies aren't doing it. Uh, you saw the same thing in Alberta, where the government was asking for tow trucks, and they all said no. Um, in some cases, the tow trucks then went to the convoy. Um, so no, you're not getting them towed out, um, lest you get military. But again, that's going nuclear, and nobody's thinking that. Uh, especially in response to an absolutely peace. These guys are shoveling the sidewalks and feeding the homeless now. Uh, I actually quite love that every time the media tries to spin some crap on this convoy, they immediately take it and do the complete opposite. Uh, there was an accusation that people were harassing homeless people and stealing their food. Okay, we're going to start feeding the homeless. Like, we're not even going to argue with you. We're not going to call it fake. We're just going to do better. Uh, and this is the type of people the Canadians are. These, this convoy is literally the heart and soul of Canada. It is, it is everything good that we should strive for. These are salt-of-the-earth people that just want to be left alone. Uh, and sooner or later, Trudeau and Doug Ford are gonna have to deal with this. One way or another. The longer it goes on and the better they be, which they have been impeccable, it, it gets harder and harder to, to turn this any way but theirs. Um... If it goes sideways, yeah, you could you could turn it down. Um, but as long as they keep up what they're doing, there's only one way out of this, and it's their way. Um, I full it's it's going into Thursday. I don't expect you hear anything from Trudeau of any substance till next week. I think this weekend is going to be pivotal as you start to see provinces not not cave but accept what people are saying and accept that it is not the minority and the majority is saying back up um as you see provinces do that i think you're going to see more push for other you're being the last province out is going to make you look horrible um despite doug ford countlessly bragging about being the most restricted province in the in the world um 
if for whatever reason he's taken that as a point of pride, like we are the safest because I'm the biggest asshole. Um, the guy has just got no sense of the tone in the room. But it is it is collapsing by the minute at this point. Um, literally, I I just got off an interview before this. I took a break, went inside, got a snack, and then I came back out to record. And and before I got to start, Scott Moe has announced his part, which we covered earlier. So it is. It gives me so much hope and and joy to be Canadian in this moment. And then, like I said, talking to American friends and and really having them jealous of our freedom uh, and and the zeal of our population. We have we as Canadians have sparked a beacon to the whole world. Um, everyone is watching and, and from a from a historical standpoint, it would really, really suit people's interests to be on the right side of this one. Because um, this, the history books are going to write terrible things of the last two and a half years. But this moment, this moment might be the start of a really good chapter. And wouldn't it be good to have your legacy land on that side of that? It's It just boggles my mind to see people half-stepping it still. Uh, we're at a point now where everyone should just be sprinting towards normal. And I don't mean new normal. I mean normal. Yes, let's let's build capacity hospital beds. Our system was already broken before this. We Let's take this lesson and learn from it. Let us do better forever. But let's stop doing bad now. That uh, pretty much wraps up everything I wanted to touch on today. Uh, here, I thought it was going to be a short episode. I mean, we didn't go over an hour. But uh, we're certainly getting up there. Um, as always, pay the fee. This, if you couldn't tell, if my language didn't get involved enough, if I didn't get loud enough, uh, I am in my emotions today. Um, it's happy. We're, we're happy right now. Um, but we also have to keep that fire and keep that pressure up. Because uh, now is now we're getting into the, the final 10 yards, it seems. Uh, and this is where we've got to kind of give it everything we got. Keep it together, keep our composure, but we're going to drive this sucker home. And uh, with that, we we need to have these conversations to, to rationalize perspectives and, and to keep people from getting too far off center. Um, again, I own my bias. I'm right of center. I'm probably more right than center. Um, but we need balance. We need unity. We need to cut the crap with the division. And we need to bring normal back. And for some people, they're not ready to come to normal. So we have to be gentle where it's needed. And we need to have arms wide open for people who are questioning it. Uh, I've had a lot of people, I've seen people posting, uh, welcome to the fight. Uh, but for those of us who've been here for two years, like, extra special good on you. No, like, leave that crap for when this is, we're talking history. Leave that crap for when this is settled and all the powers have been revoked. Because um, we're not in a point where you can get cocky. We're not in a point where you can brag. Like, keep your hubris, keep your humility, and just be decent. Because whether you believe it or not, some people are petrified still. And it's not their fault. They've been pumped up and, and led on to, to get crazy, un, like, not rational 
amped up fear. I, I literally know, a, like, no, I'm not going to get into that. That's, I'm not going to belittle people. Um, but, like, people are genuinely amped up afraid. They, they genuinely feel that this is impending doom, and the, the idea of freedom might kill them. Uh, and yes, as somebody who's middle or right of there, uh, you might think they're crazy. They might be, but you have to understand that they genuinely believe it. So when they, when you're interacting with people like that, or you're trying to like understand that you disagree, but they fundamentally believe it, and that needs to change how you deal with it. You can't shame them. You can't belittle them for being scared. Once you're scared, it's a natural response, and it's hard to break it. And you're you're only going to crystallize it if you if you start to be mean to them. So be open, be accepting, and, and listen to people's concerns, but meet it with a calm and a rational response. Cite sources. There's plenty of information out now to show you, uh, to, to rationalize a perspective that is for individual freedoms. Um, and I don't even mean on a, a constitutional basis how it should be the default. Straight up, lockdowns aren't working. There's studies to show it. Uh, we can show the data where vaccines do not show that they're stopping the spread. Yes, um, maybe Neil Young will leave Apple because my podcast is on Apple and I just said something he didn't agree with. Neil, I'm sorry. Keep on rocking. Um, but seriously, like you have to treat these people with respect and dignity, which is something they have not been shown for two and a half years. They have been played on we all have been played on at, for some length of this. Um, whether it was out of just naivete, where we didn't know what we were dealing with, or whether it was fact, like, they were playing us. Somewhere we crossed that line, where it could have been excused as innocent, to, okay, well, there's something... Why aren't you giving the power back? Give me the key. Stop it, Dougie. Give me the key. Okay. But, yeah, just please... We be peaceful and, and open armed to people with different perspectives because the only way we get through this is by getting together. Um, and I, I, we need that's the thing divided, the, the powers that be will always be, but together we have, we have it. Uh, you're seeing it in Alberta, you're seeing it in Saskatchewan, it is coming this way. Uh, and, and just don't get cocky about it. Uh, so yeah, if, if you liked me getting into my feelings and getting a little extra spicy this time, um, pay the fee, pass it on, share it with a friend. Uh, even if you just want to make fun of how into it I got, uh, I'm happy. It's the first time I see genuine sun on the horizon and I'm not going to apologize for that. You guys can pound salt. Uh, I'm happy and I'm not going to, I'm not going to keep quiet. Uh, I am, however, not doing another part this week. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm barely going to be able to get my Monday out. Um, so hopefully nothing crazy happens in the next two or three days. Um, but I'm not doing it. Not doing it. Next week, episode 31. This week, episode 30.3. All right, everyone. Stay free and uh, stay safe.
Come and fly away with me. Come, come, come and fly away with me.